Hi, everybody. Welcome to Weekend Sober. This is Kim, and I'm so glad you're here. I have with me today Ketsia, and she is back. She is going to be my co-host for a little while while Catherine is uh, getting her business off the ground. So welcome, my dear. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and to be able to step in. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. Um, So happy holidays, happy um, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. We are talking about, this week we're going to talk about the holidays. So I feel like it's it's an important thing. You know, I know a lot of people kind of cover this on, on their podcasts and everything. You know, the five tips to surviving your holiday sober. But I think that... Um, I think it's something that we should talk about because you and I both stopped drinking towards the end of the year back mm-hmm. in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both kind of went into the holidays newly sober. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's like a challenge in itself. I think like, I feel like there's a lot of people that have quit in this last quarter or whatever of the year. So hopefully there's people listening who um you know, our conversation will resonate for because they're still in that like new finding your grounding and whatever kind of stage. Yeah. I, I actually was just talking to somebody this morning and they said, um, how many times or how many holidays have you done now sober? And I was like, Oh my God, this is my third. Third. (laughs) It sounds weird to say that, doesn't it? It really really (laughs) does. But I remember that first one and it was really scary. Um, And I remember, I I think it was one of the first like little things I ever posted on my Instagram was um, the greatest gift you can give your child Mm. is being sober on Christmas. And I remember seeing that or reposting it or something that somebody else had posted and I re and I shared it or whatever. Um, and it just really resonated with me. It just really hit me. And I remember feeling so emotional by that yeah. um, because Christmas, very boozy time for me. Um, you know, I would, I would uh, drink a lot while wrapping gifts mm. or in the evenings and then, um, you know, drink on Christmas Eve a ton um, you know, a lot of shameful memories and then stay up late doing all of that. And then often be very hungover on Christmas day. Oh yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a really nice now. Don't you agree to know that there's just, it's just just peaceful. I feel like it's just like, um, well, because when I quit, I quit uh, the day after Halloween in on in 2020. And my daughter and I were immigrating from Canada to the States on December 15th. Then there was Christmas right after that, right? 10 days later is Christmas. My daughter's birthday is December 3rd. So all of these things happen in the span of like a month and a half. And it was never planned. Like we were supposed to immigrate earlier and then COVID hit. So it just so happened. But of course, when COVID hit, and we weren't able to immigrate, I was devastated. So my drinking in those last like uh, six months or whatever was really bad, it really escalated. And so not only was I like 
you know, withdrawing and like feeling shaky and like having to organize the move. And we had the, the big, um, you know, truck coming that was going to go across the border and bring all our stuff. And then my mom was coming into town to help us. And it was like so many things. Right. And here's the thing that I found is like, when you're that early, a lot of times, most people in your life don't really know about it. So James knew, my husband knew about it. He was my fiance then. And he, he knew, but he was also, pretty shocked that I was like trying sobriety. Like when I said the word sober, he like later on, we had many conversations about it, but that initial thing was like, Oh, you, you think that it's that bad or whatever. So he's trying to understand like, okay, so now she's moving here and actually she has this, you know, drinking problem. Like what is going on? I'm marrying this woman, you know, no, he's amazing. But it was just like, you know, a big shock to the system. And then we're spending Christmas with his family and they don't know. And I think for a lot of people, that's a reality, no matter how far you are, right. but especially in that beginning, sometimes you're not sure that it's going to stick or you're not totally sure how to navigate it either. And I think it can be scary because you feel pressure. Like what if you tell everybody and then you end up having a drink or you end up right. And I think yeah. that is something I hear from people is like, and nobody and nobody like my in-laws and stuff I didn't tell them until I was a year sober so even during that whole year after that I would just politely decline and whatever but that's another story but I think that Christmas it was a very emotional you know yes yes that's exactly how it was I was so emotional I was like crying a lot because yeah, yeah. that I um there's that feeling of um, missing out almost, you know, because you are so used to what you know and what you have done in the past. And there's that, um, that, you know, wanting to be a part of what everybody else is doing. And, um, it's hard. It's really hard because I, I, there's anger, there's frustration, there's that feeling of why can't I drink like everybody else? Um, and, you know, trying to stay the course and trying to remind yourself of what you're doing and why you're doing it and why, uh, who you're doing it for, doing it for yourself, you're doing it for your kids, your, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, there's so much emotion that you're dealing with in those early days of sobriety. Um, and if you, I don't know, like for me, I know we were, thank, thankfully it was the pandemic, thankfully it was the pandemic, but <laughs> You know, okay. we didn't have to deal with a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, with your in-laws. I didn't really have anybody um, that we were seeing except immediate family. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I think now it, it's tough for people who are newly, so, newly sober because there are all kinds of events and parties happening now. And so yeah. the world is much bigger than it was in 2020. And I think you said in the book, didn't you say that you, that was the time period when you were going to TLC meetings and you were really trying to like stay connected because I think that's really key. When we were chatting before we were recording today and I was saying like, um, I think there's things that are within our control and things that are just never going to be in our control. And you can, have this plan in place that you're going to leave or you're going to, you know, bring your own drinks or you're going to do this. But what have you done before the fact to set yourself up for going into that, like on a mental level and uh, staying grounded, whether it's your daily uh, morning pages or your affirmations or your 
taking 10 minutes to meditate before you leave the house or whatever it is, something, something saying to your husband or your partner or whatever, like, I just need five minutes without the kids so I can do this one thing. Right. And I think those are the things that hopefully no one can take that away from you. And that's, that's what I found was so important to even now my sobriety, because I always talk about routines and I'm not like a huge stickler, but there's some things that I am because if I don't do them, I literally won't feel in control of a situation to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, I think that's so true. And, you know, we're talking about going out to, um, a party, um, having your little bag of non-alcoholic drinks and having your plan in place and driving your own car. You know, these are all things that we've all heard and read about, you know, the top 10 things to do on your night out sober. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, texting a friend. What else? I'm trying to think of all the like little. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Bring, um, having like you and your partner or whatever, the person that you're with, like having some sort of signal to let them know, like you're uncomfortable, yeah. you're going to go. Um, I don't know. I have friends who bring like uh, different crystals or like a rock or something like a grounding type of uh, what's the word um, like a talisman or something with them. Um, just like a memento or something to remind you, like you were talking about your why is your kids. Right. And like something, maybe you have a keychain with them on it and you're like, okay, that, because like, that was my daughter for me in the, in the beginning too, was like, I felt like I always had to be around her. Like I just, when I was in early sobriety, because I, I wanted to make up for all this time that I had lost with her and every moment felt so precious. And I, I just like, I wanted to soak it all in. I remember just like staring at her that first Christmas, like she would fall asleep or something and I would just be in her room and, and you, you're overcome with this emotion. And so it feels really big to you. Cause you're like, Oh my goodness, uh, there's a lot of pressure. But, but when you get back to the basic of it, it's like, you were born to do this. You, you weren't born drinking. You were born to be unadulterated and to be a human being living a human experience. Right. So when you take all those things away, you can still do it. Is it going to feel scary? Heck yes. Right. But what is it that you can, those little things that you can do to help keep you there? You know, Yeah, I think that, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase, but I think it's called like being like a dry drunk when you, everything, well, like when you're not doing everything, you're just basically, you stop drinking, but you're like white knuckling it and you are yeah. just like, all right, I'm going to not drink, but I, it's like, you're not really invested. It's like willpower. It's just like willpower, right? It's willpower. And you're doing it almost because somebody tells you to, or and you're not really yeah, fully invested. Right. And you're not doing the meditation and you're not doing the work on yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, and you're not listening to, um, those thoughts and asking yourself you know, why am I feeling these things? Um, Talking to a therapist or, you know, there's different things. Not everybody has access to the same tools, but there's literally things you can do just with your own body and your own brain for 10 minutes a day or whatever. But yeah, when you're not, and it's hard because in the beginning, a lot of times people come screeching into sobriety, oftentimes maybe because someone in their life felt that they had a problem. And I think, then you you might feel bitter you might feel resentful right. especially around the holidays because like yeah. you said, like there's it's fun right there's temptation everywhere everybody looks like they're having a great time you can't imagine how you're going to do it without that drink in your hand right 
Yes. Yes. And you just, you feel resentful. And um, if you don't have a plan in place and and also an accountability partner or somebody that you're talking to and kind of, um, uh, yeah, come that, that phrase come screeching into sobriety, which a lot of us do. And I think that actually like that, is what I probably did so many times with my moderation. I think I probably came screeching into it thinking like, you know, like on a Monday, like, all right, I'm, I, I can do, you know, I'm not going to drink. And then by yeah. one, I was probably drinking, you know, and um, that's probably what a lot of people do. And maybe that oh, yeah. they can probably last longer than I did. Um, <laughs> but I think it can become like this cycle where you're always just screeching in after whatever happened. And then when you, when you don't start thinking about what could I do differently this time, or what is the work that I could maybe start a little bit, you don't have to start like some big grandiose thing you could do. Like I've, the things I've done changed over the course of my sobriety, but like I would do like a brain dump of just like every night before bed or not every night, sometimes it'd be like three times a week. I would just dump out everything that was in my head onto the page because I just literally needed to, feel lighter and there was like that burden and and a lot of people when we come into sobriety we are carrying enormous burdens right so without having any outlet for getting that stuff out you're still going to carry it even if you're not drinking and then you're not going to have an outlet to that was your outlet to like relieve some of the pressure and tension right so just to let people know too that like you're not alone those of us that have you know, getting longer term sobriety, we still were a complete mess at the beginning too, for a long time, you know, it didn't, it didn't just click. And we still go back to those moments where we have, um, you know, thoughts about drinking and. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Or like moments where you're like, it, it is exhausting sometimes to, have to do all the things that keep you sober where it's like I don't remember being this mentally tired when I was drinking because I just would my brain would switch off when I was drinking and I wouldn't have to deal with my anxiety or deal some people deal with depression or intrusive thoughts or things like that so I think there is that part of it too where it's like you're still in some ways it's harder when you get sober because you're like, Oh, okay. Now I have to actually, it, you know, start dealing with the things that were the reasons behind why I drank. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, like, oh. that is like, uh, um, everything that my book is about. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, I gotta, I can't run from anything anymore. Um, but also mm-hmm. like on a more simple level, like at the end of a long day when you're just tired or like, mm-hmm when it's Christmas Eve and you got to deal with finishing wrapping gifts, it's like, I just love to do this with a glass of wine. Someone might say, you know, and it's like, but no, you can't numb out. You got to just freaking deal with life. People associate those things like wrapping gifts and stuff. That was when they would have their drinks. And even a few years in people will still be triggered. They may forever be, it might forever be one of those things that you're just like, oh, this would be so much better if I had Bailey's in my coffee while I was doing this or, you know, whatever it is. And, and, uh, you know, those of us who are parents and we're dealing with kids around this time of year, like 
kids are crazy right now. They, and then they're home. Like my daughter's off for 12 days. I'm like 12 days. <laughs> Didn't we just have summer? Like what is going on? And so where's the release valve on that? You can replace the ritual of drinking with an, an alcohol free drink, but then you don't have the alcohol that's taking the edge off. So it's like, what else are you doing? Because the ritual has been replaced and you feel like, oh, I have a drink but you're not getting what you used to get from alcohol in that moment, right? Like later the hangover and all that stuff just was never worth it. But in that moment, I felt like it just went, I could go, you know, so yeah. So then you have to be doing other things like journaling or yeah. Or, you know, doing those things to prep yourself for these events that, you know, are going to be stressful for the holidays. Um, try, try something new. You know, there's so much stuff on YouTube. I would like, I, I, some friends were like, oh, yoga with Adrian or whatever. Cause I didn't want to sign up to do a yoga membership in a studio. And I was like, oh, there is a lot of free resources for stuff that you can try. I literally do stuff in my bedroom here if I want to like try something. And I'm like, it sounds so silly, but that's time with myself and no one else. And no one can take that from me, you know? whatever it is or like even even just like have you know a part of it for me too around this time of year I love getting dressed up I love going out I love going to the bar I love seeing people I hadn't seen all year and all that kind of stuff and and yeah yeah. and I mourned the loss of like the party dress and the like you know and it it does come back though people if you like there is opportunity, especially now that we're on a different part of the pandemic, but like, man, I missed that, that first year, you know, and then I realized I'm like, I can still get dressed up. I can still put on over the knee boots if I want to do whatever, wherever, you know, I don't know really where I would go, but like I do my makeup and things just to kind of feel normal sometimes, not every day, but sometimes. (laughs) Yes, I know. I agree. Oh my God. I know I have over the knee boots and I have yet to wear them. I was <laughs> I just got mine. Cause I, um, <laughs> my friend Suzanne from sober mom life, she like had them in some reel and I was like, Oh my God, they look amazing. Well, it turns out I'm five foot three. So they don't really, they're like I'm much higher up, but I'm like, they're like up to your thigh. They're yeah. like, I'm like, what am I going to wear these with? Yeah, not um, good. I, like her. I, I love following her. She's got the best style. <laughs> <She> <laughs> Oh my God. Well, if you guys have any of your own tips or tricks for this holiday, New Year's, whatever, Hanukkah parties, Christmas parties, let us know. Um, And we look forward to hearing from you guys, but um, good luck with everything and Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great weekend sober. Bye everyone. Bye.